You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with me, Anna Charles. This is episode number 21. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hi all and welcome back to the podcast and this week we're going to be having fun or rather we're going to be asking is alcohol fun right because this is actually something that I hear a lot from people when they come to me and we're talking about what they want to drink and how much they want to drink and one of the things that I often find people struggle with is that they know they want to cut back or even quit entirely but they see alcohol as being fun And therefore, by not having it in their life, they kind of feel like they're missing out. And I get this. I I really understand it. Because you don't have to look very far to see how in society we often tie and make a connection between alcohol and fun. You know, consider any wedding that you see or any post online or just watching the TV or or looking in a magazine or a newspaper. And everywhere there's alcohol, people celebrating, people having a grand time it's all part and parcel of the experience and that is what we are taught through society. Alcohol is everywhere. So no wonder when I ask people why they drink, they say that's actually one of the most common responses. Well, it's fun. Well, it's because we're being told that it's fun. You know, these are these are subtle and social indicators that we've been drip fed all the way through from our late teenage years all the way through into our adult life. And we still carry on believing it's fun even though often the next day it isn't so if you go out the night before you you often even know that evening that you're not it's not going to be much fun the next day and sometimes even this happens during a session right when you're actually out in the evening I know there were times when I think gosh I don't even really like the taste of this anymore but then we sort of buoy ourselves up with but we're out having fun and we're out with our friends and so what we do is we drink now when people come to see me they often have these competing thoughts going on competing um, desires on the one hand they'll tell me that they drink because drinking's fun but on the other they say they want to stop or want to cut back because really they know that drinking isn't fun now the professional term for this is cognitive dissonance and then essentially all it means is that it's when you're disagreeing with yourself and it's one of the things that perpetuates the desire to drink in so many people right you have a desire to stop drinking but also you have this desire to drink. Alcohol is fun in the moment, but you know even in that moment that it's not going to be fun later or it's likely to not be fun later and it's certainly likely to not be fun the next day. And I remember I used to think about catching this point in the evening right when it stopped being fun I would know there was kind of like this invisible line that you would cross up to that you'd be having a grand time and after that you know that one could just be a couple of sips or the next half glass of wine you kind of cross the line and things would go downhill very fast and then you certainly you know would be on a hiding to nowhere you were not going to be or I was not going to be enjoying the rest of the evening so when people tell me they like alcohol and they drink because it's fun. I always ask them, well, what part of it is fun? 
is it the anticipation of the drink, right? So as you start to move your way through maybe some tedious or tough day at work, for some people, it's just the thought that when they get back home, they'll be able to, you know, un- uncork that wine and kick back. That's the thing that keeps them going. Perhaps you like the pouring of the wine. Perhaps you like the sound it makes or the moment you snap open that bottle of beer and you get that that fizz and you see the froth um, rising to the top. Maybe you actually enjoy the feeling you get from from the drinking, from the actual drinking, you know, sitting in a fancy bar, sipping away at at a nice cocktail. Now, for me, what I enjoyed as part of the alcohol it was all about somehow the window dressing and somehow the theater of going out I used to love sharing a bottle of wine in some little um, wine bar you know some underground in a cellar somewhere on a on a hot day at lunchtime even on holiday and it was just kind of fun and it was romantic and it had this this theater about it that was certainly what I enjoyed and I also in latter years it really then became that yeah when I have that glass of wine you know the minute I get home and I open the fridge door I kind of know that officially my working day is done right that's the signal that's the flag to me to say okay Anna you know now you can put your feet up and it's your time But here's the thing I've learned after all those years of drinking. Saying that alcohol is fun is just a thought. It's not a fact. It's totally optional to think it's fun. But it's it's kind of a dangerous thought in a way, I like to think, because it's the thought that will keep you drinking. But here's what I want to offer. The drinking isn't fun. The dopamine is the fun bit. Now, dopamine is a neurotransmitter that we all have in our brain. And this drives the habits that have kept us alive for thousands of years. It reinforces behavior that keeps us alive. And dopamine is released when we do things that satisfy our hunger, when we need to get warm, when it satisfies our thirst, when it satisfies our need for for connection, which then um, helps with procreation. When we do these instinctual things that are important for our survival, like eating, like drinking, like staying warm and feeling connected to people, then we are taking action to keep the species alive. Now, we all have dopamine that's released when we do things that make us feel good, right? Holding the hand of somebody we love, getting warm after we've been out on a frosty, on a walk on a frosty day. But what we've done as humans is we've actually taken that and we have concentrated it and we have created with alcohol a way to manipulate dopamine and give us excess amounts of this. I mean, the alcohol providers absolutely know this. They know that alcohol delivers this huge reward of dopamine. So when the dopamine in our brains gets artificially manipulated in this way, when we take on these concentrated substances like alcohol, and by the way, the same thing happens in food with highly concentrated foods, and we get this huge burst of pleasure and positive feeling, and so we want to have that thing again, right? This is what drives and perpetuates our desire for the thing that gave us that feeling, which in, you know, in the case I'm talking about here is alcohol. But here's the thing. The dopamine hit doesn't last. In fact, it's not designed to last. It's designed to be there and to encourage ourselves to take steps to satisfy ourselves, satisfy our hunger, satisfy our thirst and so on, so that we will survive. But because the dopamine feels so good, the brain 
for these substances. The brain's thinking it's important, so therefore it's always going to be seeking out more. And that's what you do when you get into drinking. You've been programmed to know that if there's dopamine involved, you want to get it no matter what. So that's why you can feel this need and this urge to have another drink, even though you might look at this logically and say, look, this morning I said I didn't want to drink. I don't think it's serving me. But when you're in the moment, when the dopamine, you know, you've got this desire for the dopamine hit because that's what you've taught yourself, it's it's very hard programming to overwrite. And something as simple as that little thought, it's fun, or alcohol is fun, is really you will find, many people find, is enough to keep you drinking. It's enough to keep you seeking the dopamine. So what we're doing is we're constantly thinking something like, it's fun. And then we're drinking and then we're thinking it's fun. This is fun. And then we're drinking and then we're teaching ourselves to think that thought. And that if we think that thought, we'll want to take the action of drinking. So we've essentially created this repeatable thought process. And why I feel so keenly about this particular topic is this was the thought that was keeping me drinking, that was creating the desire and keeping me drinking for really far longer than I had wanted to. So after asking people, why do you drink? Why do you like to drink? And then saying, it's fun. My next question and the really one, the real question that intrigues me is, why is it fun? Why do you think it's fun? That's a very interesting question because you have to then start to pick it apart and see what's going on. And then my follow-up to that is, what is alcohol disguising? All right, what is this? Because there's a level here of hiding behind the alcohol. So really, let's dig in and find out what's going on underneath. And this is where we start to see all sorts of lessons. Now, let me give you an example. In my case, when I was at work, I had a high-powered job. And I would have to go to lots of very large networking events, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of customers and reseller partners and employees and and colleagues and so on. And, you know, as an introvert, it was found it quite, um, quite tricky, those events. I certainly didn't like the idea of those events. But I learned that alcohol was a way, especially because then the alcohol was always flowing. So it wasn't that, you know, I was the only one drinking. It was a very normal and social part of those events. But I did find over time that alcohol gave me confidence, right? Alcohol let me feel that I was I fitting in with everything. I felt like all of my worries went away in regards, with regards to, you know, was this going to be a fun evening? Was I going to, you know, was I going to be able to cope, get through the evening? And so what ended up happening was that even though over time, certainly, I saw there were lots of negative consequences attached to drinking. I certainly didn't enjoy the hangovers the next morning. And actually, even if there wasn't a hangover, I just felt a bit, you know, blurry. I didn't didn't like that. I wasn't sharp. So even though I saw those negative consequences, I still saw alcohol as being a big benefit. It's being a big benefit when I had to go into those situations where I was not feeling, you know, maybe top top confident or, you know, really just didn't want to go actually, but felt like I had to. And it became a way of almost hacking my brain so that then I didn't really mind going. And so when you consider this, it leads to the next question I want you to ask yourself with, is the experience fun or is it the alcohol that makes it fun, right? The experience actually wasn't any better. 
Now, for me at these networking events, the experience wasn't better. It just seemed better. And this distinction is really important because I would think things like, I don't want to go to that networking event as it won't be any fun without alcohol, right? Which meant the sort of, I was putting the onus on the fact that with the alcohol, it would be fun. It's kind of like a sum, alcohol plus event equals fun. And I see people doing that. And you can do this with any event, right? You can do or any kind of situation, in fact, going to a wedding or to a neighborhood party or maybe perhaps a family event. And if you say, or you can't imagine going to one of these places or be with these people without uh, alcohol, then really, because it won't be fun, then really what you're saying is that the event itself isn't fun, right? Now, you're saying, I know I'm not going to enjoy it, so I'm going to use alcohol as kind of a form of escape to dull my senses enough to get through it. If I drink alcohol, I know it's going to feel like it's fun. I'll experience it as fun, even though it's not fun. Now, I hear this from people who say they feel they have to drink to hang out with a certain group of people right? Because drinking's what they do. It wouldn't be fun without that. And I actually have first-hand experience of this. I did know once I had a couple of friends and they lived in this most beautiful resort. But every day, every time we would go to visit them, we'd go upstate for the weekend to hang out with them. They would want to spend all day in the bar. And I mean, literally all day, right? We'd get up, have breakfast, go to the bar, spend all day and then do it the next day and I used to we used to joke about it my husband and I were going to go and spend you know the weekend in the bar but after a while it just became so boring that we just stopped going right it wasn't it just wasn't fun actually wasn't fun with alcohol which made me suggest that it certainly wouldn't have been fun without alcohol so when you stop escaping when you get to this point when you stop escaping through the alcohol and you see a situation or a friendship group or an event for what it is, ask yourself, would you rather paper over that situation that you don't want to be in with the alcohol, or would you rather not be in that situation at all? If all you do with your friends is hang out and drink, do you really want to be with those friends? Right? Is this a, is this a true representation of, of what you want to have? And before I end up here, it's just a short and sweet episode this week. I've got a couple of actions for you to do. If if you are intrigued and want to explore uh, your relationship with alcohol and fun, I want you to write out 25 ways and that alcohol is fun. And if you find that easy, go to 50, right? I really want you to push yourself here. Find all the reasons why you would say, yep, this is what I believe that alcohol is fun. And then I want you to write the same number, the 25 or the 50, as to why alcohol isn't fun. And then I want you to look at these two things and I want you to see if holding on to the belief that alcohol is fun is worth it. Because the consequences, the 25 ways that it isn't fun or the 50 ways it isn't fun are going to be consequences that come from the drinking most likely. And is that too high a price to pay for maintaining and wanted to continue the thought that alcohol is fun. But here's the ultimate challenge. This is a humdinger of a challenge I'm going to leave you with. This is the ultimate test to see if an event or a situation or even a group of friends is really fun or not. And that's to stop drinking and then go. 
Like stop drinking and then go to the wedding. Stop drinking and then go hang out with the friends. Just make a decision. You're just not going to drink. See even if you can stand being in that scenario without wanting to reach for the wine or the beer. And this is the way that you'll truly find out if the experience is fun or if you really are just painting over the cracks, as it were, with alcohol. So if you find yourself saying, alcohol is fun, that's why I drink, I love to drink, even though part of you knows it's not. And in fact, that's why you listen to this podcast, isn't it? Then no, that's okay. And no, that's totally normal. I had this experience too. Know that in the moment when you're faced with a drink, and especially if it's part of your trigger and your pattern, you're going to want to believe it's fun because you've trained yourself like that. You've trained yourself to like the dopamine at six o'clock or when you hang out with these friends. And you've trained yourself that your thought it's fun is the trigger that will kick off that automatic drinking routine that for many people, in fact, does start at about six in the evening. But there really is something you can do. You can use your brain to get ahead of this automatic programming. So if I leave you with just one thing to remember from this is the next time you hear yourself saying it's fun, be on yourself. Have awareness that this is something you're saying or this is something you're thinking. This is part of your programming. And then you ask yourself, what about it is fun? Why is it such fun to have wine with dinner? Why is it such fun to always drink cocktails on the beach? And if you remove the alcohol, would the event still be fun? Now, this kind of habit, this kind of drinking habit can be hard to unwind because you don't always see what's driving it. And I say this to the people that even those who are very intelligent and very in control of their lives and don't really even have some massive problem around alcohol, they just can't get their arms around it, right? They just can't seem to achieve what they want with it, even though they achieve lots of other things in their lives. And as a coach, that's my job. As a coach, I can show you what's going on in your brain. I can help you to see this too. And so by doing this and by seeing this and having this awareness and working through this, you can create the life and freedom around alcohol that you desire. And I truly, truly know this is possible. Alcohol will become as irrelevant in your life as you want it to be. I don't smoke. Cigarettes are irrelevant to me. I used to drink. Drink is irrelevant to me. It's irrelevant to my experience of my life. It's irrelevant to my experience of um, specific situations. So there we go. That's the podcast for this week. I do hope that it helps you to challenge your thoughts. Now I've had a couple of spots open up in my coaching practice. So if you want to nab one of those, you can go ahead and email me on anna at 90dayslater.co and we'll set up a free no strings attached time to talk about this. And I'd love to hear from you to hear what you want to achieve with your life around alcohol and how I can help to get you there. Okay, that's it for now and I'll see you next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.